0: Let's continue now as we get closer and closer, counting today, four days away. Don't count today, and it's three days away, the uh, 2022 Senate primary fight. It's been a long and bruising and grueling battle for so many of these candidates over the course of the last several months. It all comes to a head on Tuesday, and right now I have no earthly idea how this thing is going to play out. It is a tight, tight three-way fight, it would appear, uh, at the very top between Josh Mandel, with whom we spoke yesterday, mike gibbons with whom we will speak on monday and now we welcome jd vance back to our program on am 1420 the answer jd good morning good to have you back how are you
1: good morning bob thanks i'm good how are you
0: I'm good. You, uh, you ever sleep? You, I'll tell you this. You have been everywhere. Almost every place I turn on TV and radio, you are doing interviews. I give you credit. I give all of you guys credit. I don't, I can't imagine the grueling toll that a campaign like this takes on the body. Uh, because you have to be, you know, on the road everywhere all of the time. Is, does it beat you down at all?
1: No, no. I, I'm a pretty young guy. I'm having a good time. Uh, definitely there are days that are long and, and other days where you wish you could go to sleep a little bit earlier. But, no, man, I'm, I'm having a good time. And, and uh, you know, the adrenaline is high because the primary is May 3rd, and we got a lot of momentum. And it's, it's easy, I think, to get up and do this when you actually believe in this stuff but also feel like it's going
0: well. So what you just said to me is, okay, Boomer. That's what you did. You just aged me. Because, <laughs> you're young. Not at all. Not to, at me, all the, to me, what you guys are doing, uh, it, it sounds grueling, uh, and I give you credit, seriously, and uh, uh, and, and I appreciate it. All right. Uh, so, J.D., let's talk a little bit more. Obviously, the last time we spoke, we spoke uh, at length about your uh, uh, past with President Trump. You obviously have Donald Trump Jr. has just been a warrior for you online. He is going after Josh Mandel with uh, with both barrels, seeing perhaps Josh as being your biggest threat here, but you don't only have a Trump endorsement from 45. You have uh, the full weight, it seems, of the Trump team and the MAGA team behind you. Uh, you think that's going to be the the difference that pushes you over the top, J.D.?
1: It's a huge thing. It's definitely very helpful. And you know, I'll say Don, Don's been helpful not just online, but he, he, he barnstormed with us. Uh, we did four events on Monday with Don Jr. I know. And I don't know if you've ever seen him speak, Bob, but he, I mean, he's, he's like a hell of a... of a a speaker on the campaign trail. He's really good on the stump, So we had a good time. Yeah, I I, I think it's it's very helpful. And look, I think Don Jr. sees this as a real battle between uh, not just me and Josh Mandel, but also whether we have a Republican Party that is strong on China. And of course, you know, one of the groups that's really behind Mandel is the Club for Growth, which is just hammering uh, the Trump team right now, and frankly hammered Trump back in two thousand and sixteen over the china issue so I, I think that 's a big part of why Don is so active on the in this race
0: you know there 's something that just popped up yesterday, Don Jr. was among many who tweeted this yesterday and shared it on uh, on uh, social media there 's a, a book this will not pass. Uh Trump, Biden, and the Battle for America's Future. It's been written by Jonathan Martin and Alex Burns and included in some of the highlights of this book that apparently is just coming out is some commentary from Josh Mandel. They don't quote him. They paraphrase him, and I want to share it with you and get your response to it. Uh, from the book, quote, Mandel acknowledged to Republicans in Washington that he was parroting absurd rhetoric in the primary campaign out of a desire to court Trump and his supporters, but that was simply what he believed it would take to win. In fact, even as he publicly mimicked Trump's incendiary rhetoric, Mandel would privately reach out to McConnell's top lieutenants to alert them each time one of his top rivals, J.D. Vance, criticized Washington Republicans, effectively trying to have it both ways with Trump and the GOP leaders he derided. It's been described by some as doublespeak. Um, how do you react to that?
1: Well, first, I think it's true, because I've had people in the Republican leadership call and attack me for things that I've said, and I wonder, you know, who, who reached out to them and told them in a town hall with 40 people that I was criticizing leadership? Of course, I don't hide from it. I have criticized leadership, but it's kind of weird how quick the turnaround can be sometimes, and I've always wondered, you know, who it was that was going and tattling. Uh, and 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 of course, you know, it turns out it was Mandel. I've also had you know donors who I've I've asked for resources because of course campaigns expensive, and they've told me, you know, uh, no, we're going to support Josh because when we meet with him, he tells us that he doesn't actually believe this stuff. But you say you actually do believe it, and and so we're we're going to we're going to go with him because we think that you know the MAGA thing is just a little too radical for us. So. Look, I buy it, and I think it suggests Mike Mandel's a little bit of a fraud. Uh, I know you have a positive relationship with him, Bob, but I think it's a guy who's been running for office since he was 12 years old. This is exactly what he he, he is, is a guy who will say anything to get elected. And, Bob, you know, I have changed my mind on the Trump thing, for example. But it's one thing to be seven different people over the course of a 10-year career, and it's another thing to just be honest about, I changed my mind, here's why I changed my mind. And I get the difference between, frankly, a career politician and somebody who's never run for office. Uh,
0: To be clear, by the way, J.D. Vance, um, I have a relationship with Josh Mendel only insofar as that he has been running for office many, many times, and I've had many, many interviews with him. Uh, I have had a previous relationship also with Mike Gibbons because he ran for for Senate in 2018 as well in a primary. Uh, You're new. That's the only reason I have a quote-unquote relationship with
1: him. And, and, and to be clear, Bob, I'm not accusing you guys of being buddies or anything like that. I'm just saying I, I know you know he's he's been a conservative in the state. That, that's that's what I mean. I'm not trying to say okay. that you guys are bad Yeah, I, I just
0: want to be clear that I, I am truly, that's why I have not endorsed in this race. I am truly just trying to call balls and strikes and call out crap when I see crap. Um, and ask Josh if he would consider us to be pals uh, when I wrote him for the last two months over the Gibbons thing and the campaign that he ran, which I found to be extremely disingenuous and exploitative of Gold Star moms and other veterans by claiming that Mike Gibbons attacked military service as saying that sure. it wasn't work. I, I I think it was a trash campaign. I told Josh it was going to cost him conservative votes uh, and cost him a lot of support. And I meant it. Uh, So I I call it the way I see it every step of the way. Uh, So I just want to be clear on that. Of course. And, and, yep. and, I want, and I want to be super clear on that with you, too, J.D., because you and I obviously had a really, really tough interview over, uh, about a week ago. Uh, it made the plain dealer. as uh, They talked about how relentless I was on you. I didn't think I was. I just thought I was really asking fair and legitimate questions that need to be answered from the guy who just got Donald Trump's endorsement. And in that vein, I, I need to ask you about the video that has kind of gone viral as well, well from Ohio. Well, can, I, can I
1: address, that? Can I address that real quick, Bob? Please. And, yeah, then, and then ask your question. Look, I, I think one... You know, I've always had a respectful conversation. Uh, I've never thought you've been unfair. I will say sometimes people on my staff will say, you know, Bob asks the tough questions. Why do you keep wanting to go on? And I think it's because I respect you. And more importantly, I, I respect your listeners. So I appreciate that you don't let me off easy, that you actually ask me tough questions. And by the way, Bob, uh, the Democrats are going to come for us in a big way in November. So I, I think it's important to actually test people. So uh, no hard feelings there. I didn't see the Cleveland, Cleveland Plain dealer. Uh, story, but I, I think it's important to have a real conversation.
0: Yeah, and and I do too, and and I really truly believe what you just said is true as well. Everything that we talk about here, uh, you know, you're going to hear ten times worse than that uh, from the Democrats if you win this nomination, and you're going to have to yep. be ready for for Tim Ryan, and you're going to have to be ready for a very critical press, much more so than I'm doing with asking these questions. By the way, before I ask you about the, the video, Tim Ryan tweeted uh, yesterday, maybe you saw it, I'm sure you saw it, Some fantastic news, folks. Even with the GOP spending over $80 million to keep Ohio red, we're still beating Trump-endorsed candidate J.D. Vance in the polls by one point. With your help, we'll be able to overcome (laughs) the GOP's massive fundraising machine and win this race. Quick reaction to that?
1: Uh, I didn't see that, but he's been been repeating this poll from a Democrat pollster. It's over a year old. You know, when he has universal name ID because he's been in politics for 20 years, there is no way that if the election were held tomorrow, Tim Ryan would beat, beat me by a point. He knows that. Uh, but look, this is a this is game of politics. But like, Tim Ryan, we're going to beat him. Uh, we're going to have to work hard to beat him, but we're definitely going to beat him.
0: We're talking with J.D. Vance, Senate candidate, maybe the frontrunner now. He's got the Trump endorsement. It's still very tight at the top of different polls in terms of this GOP primary. So this Ohio gun owners video uh, came out, and I described it on my website as a nuclear bomb because it was intended to blow up your campaign. There's no two ways about it. Now, they don't say in this video from Ohio gun owners uh, who they are supporting, but they are basically saying J.D. Vance cannot be the, the Republican nominee. He can't be trusted. So I want to play just a very short portion of this for you. It's a 30-minute video. I'm going to play 40 seconds of it. Uh, and in which he talks a little bit more about your connections. You and I have talked about Peter Thiel in the past. Uh, I have not asked you about some of the other connections. And, uh, I'm just gonna play this clip real quick and get you to respond to it. And this one's about Eric Schmidt.
2: JD Vance's business partner, Eric Schmidt, was a supporter, advisor, major, and major donor to Obama's 2008 presidential campaign and was a member of Obama's transition advisory board. Schmidt remained close to the Obama presidency as personal friends and became a member of Obama's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology while simultaneously serving on Google's government relations team. J.D. Vance's business partner Eric Schmidt served as chairman of the Obama Department of Defense's Innovation Advisory Board. But here's a bad one. J.D. Vance's business partner Eric Schmidt is an investor in a particularly nasty company called The Groundwork, which is created and run by a man named Michael Slaby. Slaby was the chief technology officer of Obama's 2008 campaign, the chief integration officer for his 2012 campaign, and his company worked for Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign.
0: All right, so we'll stop it there. Um... The obvious inference here it goes back to your history and your connections with big tech, uh, with the financiers of big tech, some of the financiers of big tech, financing hedge funds, companies uh, like yours. Uh, can you tell me about Eric Schmidt's role in, in the support of your campaign and, and, and what, why, or why, why, why that is or is not something that voters should be concerned about?
1: Well, it's a lie, right? I mean, this is the problem here is Eric Schmidt is not my business partner. Uh, Eric Schmidt and I have done business together in the past, uh, that does not mean that I talk to Eric Schmidt. I mean, it's been, it's been years since I've talked to Eric Schmidt, probably at least a couple of years. Uh, it's not like I even talk to him frequently when we we we're, were doing business together. So the idea that somehow he's my business partner, like, I don't even, does that term have any meaning? Um, you know, look, Eric is a Democrat. He's a very liberal Democrat and he probably wouldn't speak to me today, uh, because of, uh, you know, now I've gotten into politics in a more direct way, not just donating candidates, but actually being a candidate myself. So one is just not true, right? Uh, The the second thing is, you know, I haven't seen this video. I've heard about it from a couple of people. But, you know, one of the things that goes after is my connection to Peter Thiel, which you and I have talked about, Bob. Let me just rehash that for those who are worried. Peter Thiel was earlier to Donald Trump than me, and and, and I even think earlier to Donald Trump than you were, Bob, uh, the only major Republican donor to go after big tech, the only major Republican donor to back Trump in 2016 and to do it early, and also... He resigned from the Facebook board a few months ago because of the fact that they were censoring conservatives. The other thing that I've heard about this video, again, we, we got asked about it like a couple times at our town halls yesterday, mm. is it tries to say that I'm connected to Les Wexner. I've never done business with Les Wexner. I've never received money from Les Wexner. I've, he's never donated to my campaign. By the way, you know, the, the inference is that Eric Schmidt has somehow supported my campaign. Again, he, he hasn't. That's insane. He never has. But you know who Les Wexner has supported? Josh Mandel. He was one of the Josh Mandel's major donors. So this idea that somehow I'm connected to a guy who never supported my campaign when they don't even mention that he supported Mandel's campaign multiple times makes me think it's a ridiculous hit job, which is exactly what it was, what, what it is. Uh, I don't, I mean, look, the Ohio gun owners, it's a group that appears to do some good work. Uh, obviously, I'm a very pro second amendment guy, but the founder of that group, or at least the leader of that group is to me a political hack and a liar. And this video is ridiculous.
0: That's the reason I asked the question. I wanted to get your reaction to it. Um, so you're saying Eric Schmidt is not one of the backers of your campaign that doesn't provide any funding or anything of that nature?
1: Of course not, no. I w- okay. I, again, Bob, I accept c- donations from people uh, that believe in my values. And Eric Schmidt, again, yes, we did some business together. Uh, I've done business with a lot of people. I don't check their politics before I do business with somebody, uh, but I've certainly never done business in the way that this guy suggested I have, and I've certainly never accepted donations uh, for my campaign
0: for Eric shit. Got it. I appreciate that. We're talking to J.D. Vance about uh, the race on Tuesday. Well, it comes to a head on Tuesday. The finish line is Tuesday. Uh, it's going to be uh, uh, a great relief to a lot of people. Um, J.D., let's talk just a couple of policies, uh, things are going on in sure. the United States Senate right now. Can you tell me, and this is actually in the House Committee that Mayorkas was testifying yesterday, uh, about the, uh, about the uh, dis- disinformation governance uh, uh, board that they are creating, um, I don't know about you, but I mean, it sounds an awful lot like, you know, what Orwell wrote about with the Ministry of Truth. The government is going to, now that Twitter won't be able to, or by, by way of the new owner, Elon Musk, doesn't want it to censor people's opinions if they are disagreed with by the, uh, uh by the board. Now the government's going to do it itself. If they see disinformation as they deem it, or as Nina Jankowitz sees it, they're going to silence it. And, um, do you think this is what the founding fathers had in mind?
1: Uh, certainly it's not. And uh, it, it's not just the existence of this ministry of truth, but it's also the person they put in charge of it. This is this is basically encapsulates what's totally wrong with our bureaucracy is you take people who have no real credentials or success in life. They do have some degrees from the right universities, at least the right universities, according to our bureaucrats. And you put them in positions of incredible power. And then when they screw up and you challenge it, then they're going to say, well, this person an, is an expert. Right. An expert based on absolutely nothing other than the fact that somebody granted them a degree. Uh, this is a major, major issue, Bob, because you know, when I go after the big tech companies and I say, look, we need to break these companies up. They're way too powerful. One of the things that good faith Republicans will say, well, you know, we're Republicans. We believe in free enterprise. You really want the government to go in and break these companies up. And I always say it's not just free enterprise that we're talking with here. You have bureaucrats who are pressuring these companies to censor disinformation, by which they just mean conservative viewpoints, and, and you realize, and this sort of lays out the stakes here of what's happening, where you have, whether it's Jin or the Ministry of Truth bureaucrats, telling these companies who to censor and what to do. It's basically government censorship accomplished through the back door. They could never do it through the front door because of the First Amendment, but somehow we let them do it, and, and this, this has to stop. More than election integrity, more than the the southern border, more than anything else, if you do not get control over the censorship regime in this country, we are going to lose the nation. You you know, you, you can't win an election. You can't enforce our borders if you can't even get your arguments out there. And this is why these technology folks are so dangerous and the bureaucrats are just making them even more dangerous.
0: I could not agree more with that. Um, that's the reason I've been the National Communications Director for Citizens for Free Speech for the last two years. If our speech is censored, all is lost, literally. We cannot fight back uh, against uh, you know the oppressive ideas of the federal government or of any authoritarian agency unless we have the ability to coordinate, communicate, and tell the truth to one another. And if they try to silence that at every turn, all is lost. Uh, and you're right. I think that trumps every other major issue that we have. Go ahead.
1: And, and, Bob, think about, think about the last year and a half. We were told inflation was transitory, okay? Inflation is transitory, almost the definition of disinformation. Did we say, let's censor the Biden administration? Let's censor the media that are parroting this talking point? No, we presented facts and evidence and arguments pushing against it. This is why free speech is so important, is because the way that you get better as a country is not by shutting anybody up, it's by having a debate.
0: J.D. Vance, give you last uh, 30 seconds here. I gave yesterday's last 30 to General Flynn with Josh because he was on with him. Uh, But I'm going to give you 30 seconds of your own here to make that last appeal. Why J.D. Vance over Josh Mandel, Mike Gibbons, and the rest of the crew uh, on Tuesday?
1: You know, Bob, the the best argument that I can give for myself, obviously I've been endorsed by President Trump, but I've been endorsed by... Trump, because I believe the things that I say, and I'm not just reading from a script. If you watch the debates, if you listen to some of the other candidates, it sometimes feels like they're reading lines from a script. I don't do that. I answer your questions, whether they're tough, tough questions or softballs. I'm going to keep on doing that because I want to be a conservative fighter in Washington, D.C. And you're not going to fight for our values if the only way you can advance conservatism is by using talking points and slogans. So I'm not going to do that. I haven't done that. I'm going to continue to fight for these issues, uh, but I'd love to have people support on May 3rd because we do need to win this race, and I think I'm the best guy to
0: do it. J.D. Vance, thank you very much for coming back on. I, too, appreciate and salute your willingness to answer the tough questions. A lot of people would avoid tough interviewers. You don't, and uh, and that's certainly a, a check in the right column for me. I appreciate that. Thank you, J.D.
2: Thanks, Bob. Take care.
0: All right. There's J.D. Vance. Joining us again on AM 1420, The Answer. Same thing about Josh, by the way. I told Josh that, too. I was very critical of him. I I told him that uh, his campaign against Gibbons, saying that Gibbons slandered somehow uh, military service by saying Josh had no experience in the private sector. I told him I thought that was trash. It was a trash, desperate, uh, and disgusting campaign. And he kept coming back on. And I told him I appreciate that, too. I'm going to be harsh I'm always going to be fair, and if you are willing to answer my harsh but fair questions, uh, I'll keep putting you back on the, uh, on the radio every time. Jane Timken would have been uh, welcome back on. I asked her very harsh questions. Mike DeWine, I asked very harsh but fair questions. They, they won't come back on. That's because they're cowards. Uh, I will give Josh and J.D. both credit for doing uh, exactly that.